What's up, legend, and welcome back to another installment of the Present Father Project. My name is Tully O'Connor, and today I get to share with you a conversation that I had with Trevor Spring. So Trevor is an absolute champion that resides on the island of Oahu in Hawaii, um, and I connected with Trevor a little while back. Um, and I really wanted to have a, a conversation with him. I reached out to him to sort of share a little bit about the vision of the Present Father Project, and he was very enthusiastic in his response to, to contribute in some way um, because when he went through his transition into fatherhood um, just over six years ago now, there weren't many resources, and um, he supported his partner through two home births, um, and yeah, he felt like he was kind of flying blind. So when given the opportunity to sort of share his learnings and, and wisdom um, that he's accrued over the years, he was uh, very generous with his time. So Trevor is a, a mentor for young men and he's also a men's coach. Um, he specializes in embodied practice, which is it really comes through in the conversation today because he really believes that when we learn to make ourselves available to be truly felt and seen uh, by other men, great personal unfolding can happen. And so on the professional side of things, Trevor is the Oahu Director of Boys to Men Mentoring in Hawaii. And he's also the director for the Sacred Sons Youth Program, which is an online uh, mentorship program for youth. I'm going to get Trevor on a separate episode to speak directly to that, to the importance of mentorship and everything he's doing in that world. Um, but this episode was really focusing on fatherhood as his initiation and his transition into fatherhood. Um, so we we cover a bit of ground in this. So we, we, we start by talking about Trevor's transition into fatherhood um, and, and supporting those two home births. Um, Trevor's also a stepfather. Um, to two kids as well. Uh, we, we touch on what he learnt <laughs> through many challenging experiences and, and how he learnt to let go of control and to function within the family system. The process of honouring his partner's transformation and learning to respond to her wisdom and guidance while maintaining connection to his own internal compass. Really important stuff around leadership, what that looks like, knowing when to follow, knowing how to maintain a sense of self while um, responding to guidance from our partners. It was, yeah, really potent wisdom that he shared around that. He touched on the single most important thing that allowed him to transition from the washing machine of transformation into a much more grounded, healthy and centered space. And then another really important thing that we dive into is the importance of untangling codependency within our relationships and family unit. This is huge, especially with the nuclear family setup that we've got. It is very easy to, once you go into that baby bubble, to collapse into codependency within relationship within the family unit. And so he spoke to um, the importance of untangling that and then sort of how to as well. So it was an amazing conversation. I've got a funny feeling you're going to love it. Um, if you do, please share it with somebody that you think would also enjoy it. Please subscribe whatever podcast app you're listening to this on. And uh, if you've got 30 seconds and you want to go and leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app, that would be much appreciated. Without further ado, let me introduce you to Trevor Spring. All right, and here we go. Trevor, my man, thank you for, for being here. 
Balotelli. It's my pleasure. It's an honor. It's great to see you again too. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Excited for this one. Um, and excited for the enthusiasm with which you replied when I reached out to see if you wanted to jump on and and have a conversation about this, the transition into fatherhood, supporting your partner through home birth. Um, we we're just saying before, before we um, hit record that, you know, back when you went through that, there weren't a lot of resources around to, to support that process for you. So um, before we, before we dive into that, I'd just love to hear what does fatherhood look like for you at the moment, just to give the people listening some context um, to where you're at at the moment in the fatherhood journey. <laughs> well, good question. Um, thanks for, yeah, thanks for having me and all that. Um, well, as, as I shared before we hit record, I'm just coming out of a conflict with my kids. They just both um, were sharing space and not respecting each other's boundaries and ended up hurting each other. And I was trying to set back and let them work it out with support. And uh, there was like a scratch and then a punch and then a, you know, shrieking. And um, then my partner, they're like, sort of heatedly discussing like the nuance very very deep nuances of like you know um the the little ones like sticking up for themselves and when that's appropriate to support you know mm -hmm. and in what way so um you know currently fatherhood for me is um i've been a stepdad for 12 years so i have a 20 year old stepdaughter and a 14 year old stepson um so that was my easy on-ramp into fatherhood. And then I've been a father for eight and a half years, almost nine. And I have two daughters that are um, Jezebel and Nova that are six and eight. And um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful, complex dynamic. And um, I get so much from it and i'm tested and you know made made to be myself through this process so mm. yeah that's the overview yeah beautiful thanks my man and um yeah it's interesting that you say that was a nice easy on ramp because i've heard stories from some fathers where the stepfather role was was not easy at all so i'm glad to hear that was a that was a relatively easy on ramp for you <laughs> yeah well they were you know i mean um they were still living with their dad Okay. Part-time. So they're only with us part-time. So I got the, the part-time stepdad role. Gotcha. The introduction, not like full-time, full-on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nice one. So nine, um, yeah, nearly nine years ago was the, was the transition into, into fatherhood for you. And um, yeah, I'm, I just want to hand over to you and then just share a bit about that experience. Um from, from however much you want to include, if like the conception part, the pregnancy, if there's anything really significant there. Um, and then, yeah, and then really specifically what you did, um, yeah, how the experience of supporting your partner through a home birth was. Mm. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Um, okay, so it's a pretty, pretty vast story, I'd say. Um, but I'll start with, you know, my partner... I had a unique, unique birth uh, support story because my partner had already been a mom, uh, given birth twice. Mm -hmm. And the first time it was, there were multiple interventions. The second time there was like, um, I think there was, there was like a subtle intervention um, and both were hospital births. Both were like, or both were like, you know, 
not ideal. She didn't have the support um, in her in her network afterwards to support her in breastfeeding, and mm. it was she just you know just like the resources twenty years ago were super different. And so coming into our relationship, her having the the boldness actually to do it again. Mm. Um, and the willingness to take a second phase of early motherhood journey because it's so taxing that early motherhood i mean that you know women sacrifice you know three years you could i could say three years for each child they give themselves to um because of the gestation period and the, the intensity of care demanded after birth. It's just like, you know, six years that I supported my partner to give herself to this process. And she continues to in such a deep way. So um, I had a, it wasn't like, Oh, we're both first time parents. I, I had a, a woman who was much more seasoned walking in as a, as a reflection so I had to sort of like catch up in a, in a big way. Um, you know, I had a lot of my provider role things coming online, sort of like, Oh, the, the Oh shit moments in a lot of ways stepping into that. And then, um, she was just resolute. I'm going to do home births. I'm going to do home births. And it was like, okay, we need to get into it. Like a solid home that we feel really nested in and rooted and literally the first day that we moved into this beautiful house in this valley in, in Honolulu, um, she woke me up telling me that she was pregnant. And we had tried for many months, but I think it was the old house that we were in. Like, we just weren't nested. It wow. was literally, literally. So she was already pregnant while we were moving. Yeah. But we moved into this house and she, I literally woke up on my back with her. She laid on top of me, face in my face and said, guess what? I have a surprise for you. <laughs> you know, and that, so that was how I learned. Um, and so we had both daughters in that house. Um, we had like a, a, a team of three there for the first birth for Nova. And um, I sort of co-caught Nova. And um, in the morning she was born at dawn. So her middle name's Dawn, Nova Dawn. And, uh, you know, and then the second one, was mostly unassisted. Elisa was just like, I really don't want anyone here. I mean, I called her midwife late. She birthed her in a, in a tub. Um, my, the midwife came over 15 minutes before, um, before Jezebel was born. And she just kind of mm -hmm. stood on the other side of the house for support. That's about it. And yeah. um, just to the first I guess the most important thing that I want to say is that the energy of each child, the way that my partner made space, the way that she made space for the energy of the child and what the child's like frequency was to change her, like each gestation process of her attuning to that being inside of her changed her dramatically before the birth even happened. Um, so these beings brought these like new energies into her and then into our lives after the birth. And um, just watching her go through that process of like very natural. We didn't, we did very few interventions. We did, you know, we did some like coaching uh, with a couple, with a lovely couple that's here on Island. And, um, but we had just had a really natural support. So I don't know, 
I had to do like research, like what would be happening in a hospital at this point? So I could understand mm-hmm. what that, so I could get some contrast in my experience. So I'm not in this naive home birth bubble and I can understand the power of what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I had a partner who really led the way um, mm-hmm. in, in the gestation process, in the um, birth process. And, you know, she just was incredibly well harmonized with herself. And honestly, she's just become like each phase that I've been with her. She's just become more and more grounded, more and more wise, more and more powerful. And the births were in the way I see them were like gateways for that happening. And I've had to sort of like adjust and learn to attune to her and follow through the gestation and the birth and becoming ourselves more as we raise these children. Um, so it's been powerful to have to really follow my partner through this yeah. in a big way and support and still have my own opinions and not, you know, not just hand over everything and just sort of duck out and be disconnected. But like, it's been a process of like, how am I involved and really part of things and not just, um, not just a support person really involved, but really following and trusting mm. um, intuitively. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been a crazy growth process. And I guess we were talking, we were saying before, you know, that was when that was happening, there was no Instagram. I didn't have a lot of people in my field that had done home births. Um, you know, it was just, it was very rare. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we watched a lot of birds on YouTube and, um, you know, but my, my marker was, there was one, man that said was telling me about his birth story and uh he said you know we we saw them at a restaurant one night while elisa was pregnant and he's like telling me about their births and like yeah i caught him in the bathtub and i just remember jaw drop and like flooded with chills and just like that's so renegade i want to do that (laughs) and he was like that scares the shit out of me but i'm i'm willing to like step into and grow into that Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and Elisa held it down. Amazing. And I mean, and I could go into stories during the whole, um, during the birth processes, which were just very different, super Mm. different energetics. um, Yeah. Yeah, that was, I would say that's the biggest thing that I think set the template for our, my partnership with Elisa coming out Mm. of that is that um, before the birds, you know, we had sort of the conventional partnership where like, I would say she followed me a lot. I was in this sort of um, more uh, embodying more false glory within myself and yeah. um, false confidence, I would say. Mm-hmm. And that I learned through the gestation and the birth processes to attune in more subtle ways and to learn to humble myself to supporting in a really present way, but to like a following yeah um, yeah i'd love to yeah so you go no well just the the wisdom coming through a woman who's um connected with her womb yeah is is something other than what i can embody (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) it's a different kind of wisdom and i'd love to because i can relate to a lot of what what you've shared um and i'd love for you to speak to that process a little bit more that um 
like how you actually went about that of being like, especially the the changes and the creating space for the changes in her, even before Bubs is there and not wanting to, because I feel like there's this natural not not wanting things to change or you used to be like this and now you're like this or, or whatever it may be. And, and especially if you marry that with like, oh, wow, like I'm sort of sitting back in the follower role now and like how you maintain the balance of not flopping into passive following, but how you sort of maintained your sense of self, your sense of confidence, personal power while that transition happened. Was that a thing that you were consciously trying to do or, or, or did it just kind of happen as you were navigating blindly through it all? <laughs> I, I wish I could say that, you know, I mean, you're, you're talking, we're talking about the, the man that's nine years ago, you know, oh, yeah, 10, 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And so I was 32, 10 years ago. And, um, I just didn't have much maturity, but I didn't have much in the way of skills. I didn't have much in the way of, of, um, awareness of, mm. of depth and subtle awareness. And, um, <clears throat> so, I mean, this has been a real gateway into me needing to up level my self care, my practices, my, my own personal, my grounding skills, my support network. Um, I didn't have any of that stuff. I didn't, I was just coming in bumbling, you know, just fumbling and figuring it out. And there were definitely times where I dropped into a disempowered place of just like, well, you know, what's my, what's my role then? I had to learn how to not be in, <clears throat> not be in a, in a, the same type of lead role. But um, yeah, I mean, I had, I think it was just a matter of like, catching up to speed and going, it was, it was a painful, confusing, um, lonely, um, process being in those moments where I didn't have a lot of reflections to support me at that time. Um, and, uh, or validate me or validate what we were doing with home births. You know, our families were kind of like, really? Yeah. And they weren't around there you know, the 10 hour flight away. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I really just, I guess one of the, I guess one of the cornerstones of it is that Elisa's in my dialogue has always been really strong. And mm -hmm. so we talked through um, everything, you know, we go really into nuance and really into dissecting different aspects. And she's, um, she's like a very, um, she's very into, she's just a very empowered person. Mm. And so her being willing to share like what she sees that could be better or that's not right. Or, you know, um, and me learning over years and years and years and years to receive that, mm. um, and to allow myself to be changed by it definitely took time, you know, cause there was mm -hmm. a lot of time where I feel like I had a bit of a, I don't want to be changed. You know, by this energy unconsciously to myself. But when I look back, there was a point where I really decided like, I'm going to be changed by this, by yes. fatherhood, by, by partnership, by becoming, um, by becoming a, this man that it's asking me to be. And I, I think I was still, um, it took years. Honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that is, let's dive in on that a little bit, like that realization you had, because 
it's a it's a rite of passage, you know, for the baby, for the mother, for the father, and all rites of passage are like they're supposed to change us. We're supposed to change, but like I said, there's this resistance. Especially, I find it's a bit deeper in men that resistance to change. Um, maybe it's fear of what will be on the other side or whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, I'd love to. And I know lots of men going through this transition will relate. So was was there a moment where you were like, oh, this is going to be much better if I let this change me or I want this to change me? Like how did that actually play out for you? Um, yeah, it played out in, in um, you know, I, I think I was still operating under a false <clears throat> or an old or a false narrative of patriarchy which was sort of like, I need to be the, it's like the old head of household um, narrative. Like I, I'm the one who's in the driver's seat, you know, that's just what I'm in order to be a man. I'm supposed to hold that energy with all things. And the truth is that that's actually a lie. That's actually not biologically interpersonally, you know, with nuclear family unit, it's like none of that's possible. And mm -hmm. so I realized that I was trying to hold rightness or, you know, a sense of control. I mean, so it's like letting go of control and being willing to um, just really surrender. And, you know, there was my partner and I had a lot of conflict over, over things. Cause I was, a, I'm, I'm a strong personality. Like I'm, I'm, I am definitely outspoken. I definitely get charged. And, you know, so is she. So we butted heads a lot during those years um, because, you know, I mean, I think it was both of us playing into it, you know, but um, mm. I realized at one point that I was, that I was holding an energy of like resolute control. And then, it, so it took me realizing through many sort of like minor fumbles of realizing like this is new this is something you know you know nothing about <laughs> actually if you can just humble yourself to that this is something you know nothing about experientially you can read books and all of that but you know nothing about experientially and so can you humble yourself to accepting what you don't know and um, letting go of control and i it was just like a moment i was like i need this dynamic that's going on in between she and I and with Nova where I think we were about to have let's see I think we were about to have Jezebel and that, I mean that, that happened several times I think <laughs> over the years <laughs> I feel like it's happened to me five times already since <laughs> right <laughs> gosh <clears throat> so yeah I mean it's been it's been a decision of like oh, okay mm. And being willing to like, to let go at that level, it's a bit of somatic response, mm. a, a bodily response of me letting the old framework of selfhood, of masculinity, collapse and break down in a good way, so that I can actually, you know, be soft enough to become what the moment is asking. Mm -hmm. And uh, gosh, it continues to happen. Mm. <laughs> even today even <laughs> yeah 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 it's um definitely a a schooling in surrender is is what i've um 
yeah, been been really taking from it. And and well, so and that's what I could have used a mentor. Yeah, reflecting yeah. that, modeling that to me. Yeah, maybe not telling me to do it because I'm maybe wasn't that receptive, receptive, mm-hmm. but modeling that. Mm-hmm. A man that I looked up to and respected and had gone before me, a sensei. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that, that could have helped for sure. Yeah. So I'm happy yeah. to be here talking about it for whoever, whoever yeah. this with. Yeah, definitely. And so like on that note, you know, it might not have been conscious back when you were going through it, but now doing all the all the work that you've done over the last nine years, how, because those might just be words, you know, I had to surrender and soften and let all of this stuff go. But what what does that actually look like? You know, because I find there can be resistance and even in myself, there's still... I don't know if you still get this, but there's always resistance to it happening when it pops up initially. It's just catch it quicker and, and let it go quicker. But mm-hmm. so, yeah, how how would somebody, if they're noticing that, they're like, okay, yeah, I, I am trying to control stuff or I am resisting like what's happening here. Like how do they start to work with that? Uh, okay. Well, I mean, the first, I guess, an overview of, of what I've, learn to live over the last nine years is that you're part of a system now. Like, okay, I'm part of a system. And if I'm running up against friction with the system, then like I'm the one who's in the way. And so that that's been, and that's, I only realized that later, you know, but what I started to realize is like, Mm -hmm. wait, she's actually way better at holding certain roles in the family, you know, and, and I, I often say that like, I'll, I don't know if I said this to anyone else, but that she's the spiritual backbone of our family. Like, and I'm incredibly grateful for that because of the transition that, that she went through during the first few years of Nova's life. She just went into this like deeply shamanic space where she was just like in, we lived in a really rainy valley. So it was like, she was just in it, you know, and mm. reading and just doing her transform, transforma- transformational processing. And I started realizing that her compass in certain ways is strong. Mm-hmm. And in, in order for me to let her lead, like in, to support her to lead, not let her lead, um, mm. but to give myself the permission to like surrender to let us each take our right roles rather than me trying to beat all the roles Hmm. um, of like the one who stays up late, the one who gets up early, the one who changes diapers, the one who makes food, the one who feeds the baby, the one who, you know, takes care of the the partner, the one, you know, I was trying to do, I was trying to be the hero all the time to try to get that glory, to try to get some of the sense of glory from my earlier youth and, Hmm and earlier adulthood um and you know trying to let like allowing myself to let go of that old hero myth like oh we're on the hero's journey like we need to be in the post-heroic journey um yeah you know and um so <clears throat> realizing that that i'm i can be a really strong supporter in certain instances where my just my presence is powerful and uh, maybe I need to just be the playful one, or maybe I just need to go take care of myself and give myself the needs rather than forcing my like agenda on what I think our family should be like. Um, 
And it's been, it's enriched my life so much to learn to trust the compass of my partner mm. and to allow that to guide me and us our, and our family um, has been, I, I can't even express how transformational that's been. Uh, and to be led by that and also keep, take, I would say in the last five years, I've learned to take good enough care of myself that I also have my own compass going. Yeah. So I'm not just handing over the wheel and falling asleep in the passenger seat, mm-hmm. but um, we're dialoguing about it, but there's <clears throat> an openness and there's just more attunement that I'm able to, to handle because she's up leveled herself in terms of her connection to, you know, I would just say universal like source and consciousness energy and that flows through her and that she just has this gnosis of, and for me to make space for that, um, our life has deepened tremendously in the last five years, specifically once I've, I learned to sort of like individuate and develop and cultivate my own compass. Mm -hmm. And those first five years I spent in getting, that was like the, the liminal space of me just getting mashed and being in the discomfort. And that's how much resilience I think I have in my system. Like I will keep trying (laughs) until, (laughs) you know, and so I've learned to like, let go of that. And um, so in terms of like giving steps, it's hard to give steps. Yes. But I mean, it's about trusting the compass of of a partner and maybe not everyone's dynamic is going to be the same as my partner and I. But those are, that was key for me to mm. stop trying to be the hero and to learn to trust her, com- her compass and let us embody our, you know, hierarchy just means right place in the order. You know, it's yeah. like there's a hierarchy of, of, um, of, you know, appropriateness in certain moments and learning yes. to just give that permission to be what it is rather than trying to exert my will and control over it. Mm. Um, I feel like has been an exercise in embodying like the energy of what the world needs for transformation of the ecosystems and the freaking government and Mm. all the systems that we, of the way that we run things. Um, I feel like I've gone undergone that process and now I get to be an extension of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's my, that's my piece about (laughs) getting changed. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. And, and what, um, Cause you said like early on, you didn't have mentorship, but this last five years where you've got much clearer on your own intuition, your own compass. Um, yeah. What was the, was, the, was the switch again? Was it just a natural part of the process that just kind of did it or did you start doing, or did, did any mentorship come along? Like, I know it's hard to give steps, but were there a couple of things that, yeah, supported the process of you going from like flying blind in the washing machine of transformation to to <laughs> to yeah to, to developing to being like okay i have my role too and this is how i sharpen my sword within this new hierarchy mm. yeah within this new system yeah there was a definitive moment where i um i decided to start waking up early and i went okay i need to learn to detach because there was this like i feel like there was just like this compression in our system because of me trying to to be so helpful or so heroic and there was just this we were just so we're also just so codependent 
Mm. You know, both the kids and Elisa and myself, we were just so codependent. We had, we had moved off Island and then back and we're getting grounded. And I was like under a lot of financial stress as provider trying to like get my orientation. And I just felt like I didn't have tools. I didn't have my compass. I didn't have, um, I wasn't making enough money to support our family at the time. And I was just, I was just getting crushed <laughs> because we had, when we moved off Island, I literally let go of my gym. I let go of all my clients, let go of all my employees, sold everything moved to California with a three month old and a four year old with, um, and after six months we moved back because of my older kids and everyone, when I was ready to do that, everyone was like, are you crazy? You have this dream life. What are you doing? And I just, it was this dumbest thing that I ever did. And it was also the wisest thing that I ever did because I got pulverized in that transition. And, um, like coming back to, to the Island and I don't know how long we'd been back here, but getting rerouted here getting rooted in Hawaii can be challenging. And, mm-hmm. I mean, anywhere, anywhere new, but, um, just refinding myself and, the key for me was I, there's a, you probably may have heard of Robin Sharma. Yeah. I think he has the 5am club. Yeah. And I like came upon that and I was like, okay, no, yeah, there's something here. So I'm going to start cultivating this. Even when I have nothing to do, I'm going to get up and just start cultivating myself. And that was like, it literally built like a little platform for me to stand on in mm-hmm. my life. Um, and then there's been so many other, moments of scaling out that platform of my own practices, my own friendships, you know, Kundalini yoga, um, cold plunge, you know, getting back into surfing, um, creating my own sort of initiatory experiences in the woods where I would go and I went and like dug a body size hole of my, for myself and spent a night in the woods and like buried myself and covered it with a blanket and just slept in the woods with nothing else for a night. Cause I just knew I needed something to like, um, just open my senses and for, to give me the space to transform. They, they call that the, the um, um, oh, what's that called in Native American tradition? Um, I just had it. I just lost it. Sorry. Um, That's all right. And um, so yeah, there were so many different whatever things. it's called. <laughs> yeah, it was good. And in the morning, the right before dawn, the rain came. Oh. I was like in that hole doing breath work all night, like on rocks in my back and just like, um, so there's been a lot of, um, you know, learning to go see a therapist, mm. um, you know, starting to work to really get my own support going to men's. I started men's work. Elisa bought me King warrior, magician lover before mm. we had any kids. And I'm like, sort of like, what's this about? So I found men's work when Nova was, was under one year old. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that little morning routine of was the seed for the reclamation of finding, you know, I look back on that pathway and I'm just, wow, I, that's how I had to go through it and take steps of trusting myself to, um, to trust myself in the face of even when, when no one else agreed with me yeah. to trust myself, to find the way. And I've got to, you know, what my life has become is, is, is such a blessing, like mm. the mentoring work I'm doing and the coaching clients I work with and um, this Sacred Sons Youth mentoring organization. There's just, you know, my family, the home we live in. It's It's been so much transformation. I'm just like blown away by it. 
Amazing. I love it. And I love that that all of that that you just mentioned, like the decision to get up earlier was the, you know, like that's so powerful. I got goosebumps when you said that because I've noticed that even day to day um, being a dad, like if I don't get up, I was sort of saying before we hit record, if I don't get up and get that my own time to like just be in my own energy, my, my days are very different. It's, it's, it's that it's so in the nuclear family, just the way we're set up. It's so easy even without kids to fall into codependency in relationship. But I find, yeah, with kids, it's even easier to just, yeah, fall into that codependency feeling like we're doing the right thing. But it's, yeah, like you said, our partners are more equipped to, you know, physiologically to be able to handle certain roles than, than we are. And I find me personally, I'm not going to speak for all men, but it is it seems to be a common theme that that time in solitude, that to untangle that codependency is, is really, really important for our health, for our clarity, for, for all of it. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's like a, it's all beautifully said. Thank you. Um, all of that is like, this, is an, this has been a long initiatory process for me. And being an uninitiated man in Western culture, I'm thankful that I've had the mm. privilege to be initiated because I've been initiated by this process. Um, and, you know, I, I watched and supported my partner through these incredibly powerful births mm. that, you know, I could just go into like little nuanced stories about, about, but like watching and supporting her doing that, having my hands on, on her body or just being around her or, you know, breathing with her and just like watching the baby come out and all of it was, um, was like, whew, like I will bow down. Yeah. Um, can relate because, to that one. Yeah. Cause that initiation is like, well, I'll never do that, but I'll do my best to be changed by this. Mm. Powerful. Yeah. I love it. And what would you, um, because, yeah, you speak to such an important point. Like we don't have that initiation. More often than not, it is uninitiated men stepping into this. And it's such a – that's what really sparked my passion for this, for the Present Father Project, for this podcast, for having these conversations because it poses such a fertile ground for deep transformation for everyone involved if done intentionally, if done with that awareness of what's actually happening. And if not without that awareness, it is still going to be an initiation. It'll just be probably a lot more painful <laughs> than, than it potentially has to be. And so your story is that's kind of what you've been speaking to, kind of flying blind. And it's, it's we're going through it one way or the other. And it's like, okay, we get to choose how we go through that. And so um, I'd love to hear from you if you were going to go through it again or if your little brother was about to go through this this transition, like, what would you offer them? Like everything we've already shared is going to be obviously extremely valuable, but is there anything that you would say to prioritize, to, to consider um, when approaching this from a bit of a zoomed out perspective as a, as a rite of passage, as an initiation, what would you, what would you offer men that are, that are looking um, at stepping into this? 
learn how to empower other people. Mm, leadership, yes. Yeah, learn how to buy by empowering yourself, whether that's getting up early or like whatever the practice is, um, to give yourself you, and then learn to be. You, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with the drama triangle, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? If if we're always in rescuer as a father, or we're always in like perpetrator as like being heavily controlling, or we're always in victim, you know, we're bouncing around that triangle unconsciously, um, which I, I look back and I was, <laughs> I saw the drama triangle. I was like, Oh, shit. <laughs> well, that, was, that was me for a long time. Jeez. Um, that's, that's humbling. Um, you know, it, and, and like, you know, rescuing and, and a lot of times that's the only way we know how to do it is like control mm-hmm. or rescue or be victimized. And, mm-hmm. um, and as a, as a, as a man and, you know, learning to empower other people and, and really be resp- be self-responsible. Um, and those are the absolute keys to, to doing this. Um, you know, if I would turn back to myself, I'd say, dude, you have enough time to go surf and feel like you have enough time. Like you have enough time to exercise and feel like you have enough time. You have enough time to go in the woods with, with friends because it's vital for you. I gave all those things. I, I minimized or compressed them so they didn't feel nurturing. Um, and then eventually I just stopped. I was like, these things aren't nurturing me. I need to like, pause everything. Um, and you know, I would say keep them or, or be willing to take new practices that nourish you, um, that, that can nourish the new you, your upgraded psycho-emotional physical system. Um, be on the lookout for new people that can bring that into your field, new practices, and get stories from people. Get stories from other men that have done home births. Listen to them talk about their process. Men that can hold an empowered narrative with you know, of zoomed out perspective with being a partner, being a provider, supporting the home birth process, becoming a father. Um, and, you know, they might be hard to find, but like reach out to the and share stories and ask for stories from those people. Because uh, I just think there's a lot that gets uh, populated in our psyche when we have an image and an actual person to cue off of and to, and to, to copy essentially in our, in our own way to say like, okay, that's a template that I can actually, that I can borrow a little bit of, I'll borrow a little bit of that man. I'll borrow a little bit of that man. I'll borrow a little bit of that. And that was actually a piece too. After a few years, I started like looking at men differently and going, well, he's got some really strong qualities in this way. This guy's like a cruiser. Mm-hmm. It just seems to always be like in that energy. How do, how do I do more of that? How do I do more of this like self-advocating, you know, man of like of freedom, of, of sovereignty? I, he feels that way to me. Those might have, may have been my, they were probably my projections mm. for me, just projecting my, my un, unexpressed parts onto yeah. these people. But I started Go going, wait, I'm going to reclaim that. I'm going to reclaim that. And, and look to those qualities in other men that that 
you admire or that you that was a, I remember it's just helpful to re- tell this story and remember like that was a big part too of going like oh I want to take a little bit of that for myself and that sort of I feel like reactivated aspects of my of my neural pathways and my DNA mm. that turned some switches on or gave me the dark matter to like turn into the the soil to turn yeah. into the, to grow my future cell phone yeah beautiful oh sage everything you were saying then i was just like yes 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 yeah all um yeah beautiful thank you so much for sharing that um we'll wrap up in a second i'm just conscious of time um feels like it's it's coming to a close quite naturally anyway um but what i'd love to hear from you to finish up is what does it mean for you to be a present father <laughs> I love I love the uh, the vision of like imagining what I look like to my kids when I'm staring at my phone with a really stressed look on my face <laughs> and like how idiotic <laughs> I must look and I use that as sort of like a reminder to like get out of that mode like this must be really that's really bad role model to be in that state so Mm. how do i shift out of it um you know so number one is um, knowing how to self-regulate with technology um, having the the inner awareness and discipline to not go i mean of course we're all going to do it to some extent but to to check myself and not get lost in that Um, and I, i like taking like fully uninstalling like deleting apps like social media apps from my phone for periods of time because it really helps me bring myself to more presence with myself and the complexity of life and that we're throwing all these other distractions on top of it by choice it's insanity (laughs) (laughs) i do the same i have to just get them off my phone yeah yeah right um so so that as like a foundation but but um Mm putting knowing how to put work aside knowing how to how to leave in a good way so i can take care of myself and then come back um so those two pieces foundationally so that i can they like create part of the foundation for me to bring my presence on like leaving in a good way where it's not like fuck it i'm out of here yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, but making like mature space to for myself to cultivate myself and cultivate that inner compass and my physical health and Mm. what feels good to me. Um, And then, you know, in terms of turning towards my kids, it's again, like learning to, because we're, we're unschooling slash homeschooling now, um, learning to ask, come to them with curiosity and excitement and Mm. like wonder Mm. and, um, you know, bringing that kind of excited curiosity on their level and making space for it. Just like letting go of any timelines, letting go of any agenda of what's going to happen next um, and be willing to really be fluid and flow and like into the unknown. Like, I don't know when, when we're going anywhere, you know, (laughs) and also, and also put things in front of them that them that invite them into the next way 
or the next creative project or the next thing that we do together and asking questions and trusting my intuition to suggest things. Mm. Um, but also like learning to follow my kids. Um, so yeah. And, and playfulness, man. I, I can often just like forget playfulness. Um, and I, I feel like I've done a good job of bringing that back online to remember to play and be silly. Yes. Uh, Cause I watch my kids face change when I'm, when they see me be, being silly, they're a little bit like, is he going to stay with that? <laughs> is this just a moment? And they're like, Oh, he's in that. And they're like, they, they come towards me with a completely different vibe. And, yeah. Powerful. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I love it. Beautiful. Yeah. That, that curiosity, that mirroring their energy is, um, yeah. Even though Rafi's only 10 months, I find myself doing that too. Just that curiosity. And then I'm more present and it's like, Oh, what a gift. You know, I think I'm doing it for him to, to be present with. And then I'm like, Oh, that feels amazing. Thank you. You know? (laughs) Yes. Ah, exactly. 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 Oh, beautiful, man. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. For everything that you've offered in this, in this conversation. Yeah. Powerful stuff. Um, yeah. I appreciate you, the the man that you're being, the father that you're being. Um, yeah. It's uh, we're on the other side of the world, but when I was going into this transition, I'm like, who do I feel is holding it down? I had a conversation with Jetty um, a couple of weeks ago. He was another man, but yeah, you're definitely somebody that I, um, look to uh just in the way that that you're being with with the world and and with your family so um appreciate you appreciate you making the time to have a conversation and we'll definitely uh go round two to dive into some mentorship stuff because you touched on it a little bit with the sacred sons you stuff and um yeah i really want to dive into that so yeah we'll uh we'll we'll tee it up again soon i'm so excited for that yeah totally (laughs) um i feel super blessed to just be seen in this way by you and invited into the space and to share these stories. So just want to give my gratitude and for, for uh, paralleling in this way. So appreciate you. Beautiful. Alrighty. Trevor Spring, thank you for contributing to the present father project, my man. Um, big love. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll um, we'll chat to you soon. Thanks, Todd. Take care.